Hey guys, this is Wes for the Called Shot Podcast. We are aware that episode 14 was not up to our normal audio quality. So this is for those of you that could not make it through the episode for all of the clicks and the pops. However, if you have not tried out the normal track first, definitely give that a listen, see if you can make it through it. And if you can't, come back here, check this out. It will have all of the spoilers from the episode. And in order to help me get through the bullet points of what happened in episode 14, I've got with me Adam. Hey, guys. And Davery. How's it going? All right, so let's go ahead and dive right into this. Uh, we started the episode by covering what happened in the previous week. You guys were just finished the fight with the man's promise. Yeah, we had just gotten done fighting the Rahadumis. Yeah. Because I believe we actually say in episode 14 that the name of the ship is the man's promise. We do. Yeah. So, yes. yes, we had just finished the fight with the Rahadumi merchants and had claimed their ship. And then the pirates took time to unload the man's promise onto the Wormwood so there is no loot left on the man's promise. It all belongs to Barnabas Harrigan on the Wormwood. So uh, right after the we get everything off the ship, the, the man's promise is totally barren, and we have a giant party on the Wormwood just celebrating the fact that none of us died. We took over their ship. Um, you know, I believe that... Uh, John tried to sneak off and actually find his dagger, which he was unsuccessful. He went over to the man's promise to try and find it and wasn't able to find it over there. So still up in the air. It's kind of a big mystery with what's going on. But I think for the most part, it was just all of us having a good time partying. Everybody was drinking. The rum flowed freely. Yeah. We even mentioned the fact that uh, all the normal hostilities, inter-crew hostilities were set aside to just celebrate successfully taking over a ship. Yeah, didn't Adagoke actually, like, you went and hung out with somebody in particular to show that... Yeah, with Badger. Badger, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you went and spent time with some ba- uh, with with some Badger. <laughs> <laughs> you went and spent time with Badger, so that way we could kind of really show, like, hey, we're all the same crew tonight. Don't you want some Badger to love? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and while John was off uh, trying to find his dagger and we were all hanging out and celebrating, the officers had run off and, and holed themselves up in the officers' quarters. And Kit snuck away doing her thief thing, trying to listen in on that again. Like she had listened in the first time to find out about uh, Joe Ollie dying to try and see what they were, what the officers were up to while the uh, mice were playing. And it turned out they were just divvying up the loot and doing general boring bureaucratic work. And, um, I think, okay, you actually went and uh, made the parrot your friend. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, Adagoke tried to feed the parrot because he has determined that that parrot is going to be his buddy before before we are off the ship. And that was actually the role that made it successful. He perched on your shoulder at yep. that point, and you now have a uh, parrot. Yes. I don't think you've actually declared his name yet, have you? In game or out of game? Either in way, game. either way, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you have named it in your head, right? Yes, absolutely. That's, that's going to be something that happens yeah. later. Okay. So the next day, uh, Barnabas gets every, gets the uh, crew of the man's promise up on the deck and makes them a- an offer they can't refuse of join the wormwood or else. And uh, literally, you, you can't refuse it. <laughs> yeah, literally, you are not allowed to refuse this. Yeah. So, yeah, so he uh, he tells them, join us or take a swim. And about half of them agree to join. Pretty much. I think we established that almost the entire crew joined. Just to prove his point, he did take one of the Rahadumi sailors and threw her overboard. But yeah, then everybody else was like, yep, I'll join. Pretty much just to say, like, hey, I'll do it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then after uh, Barnabas resupplied his entire boat, he started handing out loot to everybody. And here's a nice long list. 
because we love lists, right? Absolutely. There's okay. nothing more exciting than reading grocery lists yeah. on the net radio. <laughs> so Sebastian uh, got himself a short sword plus one and an amulet of natural armor plus one. The reason he got such great loot was he made his perception check. He saw a soldier sneaking up behind Barnabas, alerted Barnabas to the danger, and then put the guy to sleep so that he took care of the uh, issue at all. And Barnabas thanked him by giving him some really great loot. Then the whole crew, the five of you, got a nice big bag of loot to split amongst yourselves. Got three potions of cure mod, a potion of invisibility. Everybody in the group got 150 gold for a successful raid on a merchant ship. And then, during the fight, you guys actually captured an officer rather than killing the officer. So he is able to ransom that person off, and you got 225 gold to split amongst yourselves. Now, one thing I wanted to know was, was did the entire crew of the Wormwood get 150 gold each, or did just the, the ones of us on the back safeguarding the ship's wheel get that much? Everybody on the ship that participated in the battle did get 150 gold. Okay. And then afterwards, Captain Barnabas said that Plug was to take the new ship and pick a crew for the man's promise, basically. He ordered him to sail the ship up to Port Peril, I believe, and he was supposed to sell it as um, salvage. Uh, so we took the main five and the normal crew from the Wormwood that we had already been dealing with. So basically, at this point, the only people left on the Wormwood are the officers and the Rahadumi sailors. Yep. And you also added two Rahadumi sailors to the man's promise right. sailing along with you. Do you remember those two names? Adum and Miku. Right. So, yeah, right now we've got, I think, pretty much everybody from the previous episodes who's been named. Like the, the general crew of yeah. the Wormwood are yeah. now on the man's promise. And the, the Wormwood is staffed by NPCs who get no names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Rahadumi sailors 1 through 20. Yeah. I guess Plug took the only other officer that he really took would have been Scourge or Scourge. He took Scourge over with him. Ambrose. Uh, oh, and Ambrose, yeah. yeah which kind of once makes me wonder, who's even cooking food on, you know, the Wormwood? Oh, I'm sure some Rahadumi merchant readily volunteered yeah, for that job. Probably. Yeah, you're right. But unfortunately, because we did have to leave all of the officers on the Wormwood, that meant that Sebastian had to say goodbye to his special lady, Grok. And she cried, cried. <laughs> uh, we all cried when that happened. But they, they said their goodbyes, and as a, a token of her affection, Grok uh, gave Sebastian a scroll of Scorching Ray. And then Plug jumps up on the man's promise and makes a great speech as you guys are sailing away from the Wormwood. Uh, he declares himself as Captain Plug now, and he lists off the officers that he wants on this ship. And Fane was left out, so Fane is no longer an officer on the man's promise. Yep, yep. And he specifically appointed Scourge as an officer again. So we're right back to your point one, or what is the saying? Square one? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sorry, I don't understand sayings. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Scourge is actually the first mate to Captain Plug. Right. So my understanding is Captain Plug is actually taking us north. Uh, it's about a three or four day sail to Port Peril. And we know that the Wormwood is actually heading south in the complete opposite direction where Captain Barnabas is not supposed to be going because he was supposed to be going back to Port Peril to figure out what the hell is going on with Joe. Right. And one thing that made us a little concerned was Plug was just supposed to be basically towing this thing into the harbor. And instead, he declares himself captain. Right. So so, so now we're like, oh, no, he's he's staging his own little micro mutiny right here. A little coup. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's what it definitely felt like to me. Like, yeah. he's taking over. He's going to be the new captain. 
Right. Yeah. Look I think me. I am the captain now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know Adagoke mentioned at one point that he was like, look, we're going to Port Peril and this guy's going to just slit our throats and just press gang an entirely new crew. Right. So while he's got his new his new coterie of officers going, he puts all of the people that we can't stand in the positions of power. So Aretta is now in charge of the swabs. Uh, Scourge is back in charge of the rigging. And they're just working the entire crew like dogs. They've got us. We're having to make fatigue checks at higher DCs because we're working so hard. And there's just no opportunity for night actions or anything. It's just work, 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 sleep, work, work, work. And they're not even letting us drink. Yeah. Not no. that John's upset about that, but, <laughs> but right. you know. Yeah, we're all heartbroken over that no rum, but he, he, you could tell he thought it was going to be a punishment. Right. Which, and if you think about it from like a storytelling perspective, I think it's funny because like we all know, yes, we have to roll higher to be able to be successful because he's a harder captain or whatever. He's trying to establish his dominance. But from like a storytelling perspective, it's kind of like, you know, the captain being like, all right, I need you to roll a 20 this time instead of a 15, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Feel like you guys have had about a 75% success chance. <laughs> um, and then the crew, the crew being you five and all of your little minions that you've got that are on your side within this crew, you all begin plotting your own little mutiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, political lines are redrawn. All the happiness that happened after the battle, it's gone. Now you guys are definitely uh, friend versus foe at this point. And the foe faction, the, the guys that are against you, are having their own little discussion up in the captain's quarters. But that leaves you guys with your crew and the people that you like and like you on your own down in the uh, crew berths. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I remember there was a there was a big controversy really because I think that there were some people that thought, well, if we're going to do this, let's just do it now. They're you know asleep, let's cut their throats and move on with life. Right. Um, but there was a big pool. I know from at least John, like, no, let's wait until the morning. It, it's going to be easier for us. Get a good night's sleep. Yada yada yada. And, you know, like if you what happens if you don't kill the first person, they gasp or whatever. Everybody wakes up and then we're all screwed. So we finally decided, okay, the mutiny will happen in the morning. I know Adagoke to to peek behind the curtain of my thought process, Adagoke really is convinced that there is that he needs to stay on the good side of the the spirits and the gods and everything like that. And so he's trying to find out from Sandara. He's like, all right, well, the goddess of pirates clearly likes you a lot. So what's her code for when you when you can take over, when you can mutiny against a, a corrupt captain and what what are you allowed to do and not allowed to do? And she kind of seemed like you probably shouldn't murder people in their sleep. Yeah. So. He also agreed, like, all right, fine, we'll we'll do this all, you know, above board. It's it's really interesting that you bring that up because John doesn't give a shit about the gods. <laughs> like it there is a god that he technically should follow, which will be discussed, I'm sure, at a later point in time, but he doesn't he doesn't like them. He doesn't care for them. He doesn't care for the gods at all. He thinks mm-hmm. that they're just kind of like these pompous assholes that think that they rule over everybody. Right. You know. So it's it's interesting that there is I feel like there's going to be some awesome conflict eventually between all of us with who, what gods we believe in and how we go about doing things because of it, you know? Definitely. At about the 55 minute mark of the episode, we uh, talk about leveling up to level three, just kind of go over what our characters are going to take feet wise, kind of what they got, a little bit of specials here and there. Um, and the audio at that point in time is actually pretty decent. So if you would like to hear us leveling up, go ahead and go back to the 55 minute mark around that time. And you should hear some pretty decent talk about what we're doing. And that's pretty much that gets you caught up on episode 14. So if the if you've got any other questions, feel free to reach out to us on any of our social media on Facebook or Twitter or just email us at calledshotpodcast at gmail.com. 
And other than that, we'll see you next week. You can also find us on Reddit now. Oh, yeah. On our yeah. subreddit. Thanks to Lex Boss. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Let's hope we never have to do another one of these again. Yeah. <laughs>